It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 431 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week it's a super-powered doubleheader with two great superheroic projects from excellent indie creators. First up is the return of Caleb Toussaint from Zed, Alter Life, and Nook, and he's got a Super Cats Halloween right now on Kickstarter. It's a children's book, and I think you're going to enjoy what it has to say about friendship and helping each other. We talk about how the series came to be and what you'll get when you support this great Kickstarter. Then everything wraps up with Lewis Southard, creator of Villain Seeking Hero, a series from Action Lab Danger Zone, which is now available on Comixology, something we talk about. This time we look at superheroes from the perspective of the villains, and there's some interesting directions to go that Lewis takes us in, and I think you're going to enjoy what he has to say about the genre, about the industry, and about what's coming in the future from him. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's always a pleasure to talk to creator Caleb Toussaint, the person behind many good things, including Alter Life and Zed, and now has a group of kids' comics coming out with Super Cats. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm good, Wayne. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to talk with you. Now, you've got a Kickstarter going on. Let's get right to the important stuff. You've got Super Cats Halloween going on right now. Talk a, a little bit about that. What's the story behind Super Cats Halloween? Yeah, so Super Cats Halloween is the second book in a kids' comic series that I started last year. It's kind of a way to bridge the gap between kids, children's kids' books and comic books and kind of introduce comic books to kids at an early age. So the Super Cats Halloween book is really something I created because my son is obsessed with Halloween. So I kind of decided to go that direction with the second book and kind of give it a good uh, moral purpose to it. It's about um, being a, remembering that you can always uh, ask a friend for help and rely on a friend for help in the time of need. So I thought it was a great time uh, to, kind of let that message be said and let it be heard for kids. And a lot of old, it's funny because a lot of older people are uh, picking up the book too, just because it's something fun and lighthearted. But uh, you know, it's, it's quite a, a change from my normal dark stuff that I write, but I'm having fun writing something that my kid can enjoy. And a lot of people are coming along for the ride with their kids too. That's cool. Now, of course, the Kickstarter, it's Super Cats Halloween, exclamation point, a children's book slash kids comic series. The description there says it's Halloween and the bad dogs are tearing up the town dressed as superhero cats. A cute, clever story of self-worth and friendship. The description. Now, now who's the artist on the series? Um, the artist is a girl named Angela Odling, 
Uh, she has a pretty decent uh, Webtoons comic called Detached that she's been running for quite a while. And when I saw that art style, it just seemed like the perfect fit for what I was trying to do with this book. So kind of a cross between, you know, the watercolor-esque style of a kid's book and you still have like the whim- whimsical kid's comic feel to it. Cool, because it looks really interesting, and of course, it does have that that kid's look to it. You know, everything is kind of bright, and everybody's eyes are wide, and yeah. those kinds of good things. It's very, it's the kind of thing I think children would really enjoy. And I like the way you say this for children of all ages. Yeah, like the first book was really geared more towards uh, a, a kid first reading, so it's very sing songy and almost like has like a Dr. Susie rhyminess to it. But this second book is I'm kind of transitioning. My goal with the series is actually to end up as an all ages comic series. Uh, so it'll be a three step children's book series. And then on book four, we're going to go completely comic book, all ages. It's just going to be something fun, something unique, something that kid could read from the beginning of learning to read and kind of grow with and then continue to read into the comic book series. Hmm. That's a smart idea because we certainly need more kids reading comics. Especially yeah. now. That's the goal. <laughs> really good. Now, now I've got to ask, of course, have you tried this out on your son? I mean, how has he responded to this? Oh, he's been crazy about it from the beginning because we had a couple of cats for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, they both passed in this past year. But uh, he just attached to these characters right away. And he, once he start, started to see the art come in, he's one of the first books he'll go and run and grab every time he goes to pick up books for reading is the, the first Super Cats book. And that's really rewarding to see after spending all the time developing it. Something because, you know, kids are, 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 well, you know, right away if they like something or if they don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So that's pretty cool about that. Now, now let's talk about because where the the Kickstarter stands is we're recording this, and of course we record ahead of time. Your goal, according to the Kickstarter page, is thirty seven hundred dollars, and you've got as we're recording over one hundred thirty backers. Yeah, and according to the website, the everything's going to come to a conclusion Monday, May the May the fourth at uh, midnight. Looks like. Yep. Eastern time. So that'll be good. So, and you're well on the way there. You, you know, it's, you haven't quite reached it when we're talking, but my hope is that by the time this posts, maybe shortly after you have gotten your goal and things will be zooming on into pledge into uh, stretch goals and things like that. So. Yeah. That's where, that's where we're kind of, my head's at right now because uh, we're where we're sitting right now with recording. I'm kind of ahead of the game because the first book didn't quite hit the audience that I hoped. So we were like really pushing to get funding in the last couple of days. This time, like we still have almost two weeks and we're over 75% funded. So hopefully by the time people are listening to this, we'll either be really close to funded or funded and pushing towards, we have a couple cool stretch goals already revealed on the page itself a couple other artists that i have had work on some things with me before and this new girl uh corinne roberts that i met at baltimore 
uh, this past year, she did a great uh, art piece that's going to be available for everybody if we can hit our our $4,000 stretch goal. So we'll see how this all goes, but it's right now I'm it, it's feeling really good. It's been going really smooth. Uh, it seems like it's the right book at the right time. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you've also got uh, a, a sticker for yeah. the Supercats that every physical person gets. And if you pledge a dollar or more, you get an indie digital bundle of over 25 comics. Talk about putting that together, because that must have been an interesting experience to put that stuff together. Yeah, that actually uh, – the sticker is a guy that is a kind of a, an acquaintance of mine now. He's actually done designs for pins and stickers for me before, and I just love his cartoony style. So we – I like to have something fun to just throw in with everybody's for, for everybody backing and supporting. It doesn't cost me that much to throw a sticker together for everybody. And I like to get the high quality vinyl for that. And then we did, uh, I worked for a little while before the campaign, uh, just talking to other creators about everything that was going on in the world and wanting to kind of give something to people get their head out of the craziness that's going on. So I thought what better way than to kind of promote other indie creators and give backers a great bundle of awesome books to read over the course of however long we're stuck indoors. (laughs) So (laughs) it started as 25 and now it's like, I think it's actually 34 or 35. We've actually added some more throughout the campaign too. So you only have to put in a dollar. I have all the digital editions of my books in there to kind of promote my stuff and to show people my other, the the capacity of my other writing as far as horror and sci-fi. Because we're coming back to that stuff eventually. But I just want to show people that stuff and give them something fun to read. There's a lot of creators that were like, Man, this is a great idea. Let's, I'll throw a book in. It gets their stuff seen by a lot of people, and it gives a ton of backers uh, great things to read while they're stuck inside. Some of them I already know. I mean, of course, your stuff, Alter Life and Zed are in there. Um, other ones that I know, just looking at the list, Modern Testament. I think Jack Swift makes a superhero Hybrids, I know. Ichabod Jones, Monster Hunter, I know. Uh, Recl- Reclaiming Godhood, that's a good one. Uh, and of course, your, your first book, uh, Super Cats, is in there. Mm-hmm. Some of those other ones, I'd be interested to read them because I don't know some of these other ones. I'm always looking for good stuff yeah, to it's, read. It's so. kind of a nice mix, too. So it's not, since even though this is a kid's book on the Kickstarter, it's not all kids' books in this bundle. Like, I wanted to give a variety of stuff to read. So I think there's like six or seven kid appropriate ones. And then a lot more of it's like teens to mature audience. So you get, there's a a variety of cool stuff and stuff to share with kids too. And um, there's a couple that I even found on Kickstarter that were running campaigns when I started mine. And I said, you know, I'll help promote your Kickstarter through mine. Even uh, if you want to give me the first issue or like a preview or something, Ninja Bear, number one, they they just finished and funded, I think, about a week ago. And I read that to my son and he loved he loved it. So I went and backed the rest of their cam- or their campaign, too, because they were going like for a full volume. So they gave me the first issue. So, you know, I'm trying to 
kind of use it, use this opportunity. I don't really like to run these campaigns this long normally, but I decided I kind of opted to go longer than usual so I can spend some time not only letting people find it, this campaign, since a lot of people are stuck at home looking at the internet or finding, trying to find stuff to do, but, you know, to help promote other art, other creators and artists. So I've been featuring a book like every other day, essentially that is in this indie bundle and updates. So people kind of get an idea of who these people are and what they do. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I mean, doing you know cross promotion is a great way to to do things, especially these days. I I just was talking with somebody about Kickstarter, and somebody was actually saying to me, and I just thought I thought of you when they were talking about it, that there aren't as many comic offerings right now on Kickstarter as they want. Mm-hmm. So I thought, boy, I thought Caleb's right in there. He's he's right in there. What they're looking for, for yeah. people, and you've already got one up. I've there. actually noticed that Eric, right. At this particular moment, I, a lot of people are afraid to launch campaigns with everything going on, but I feel like I needed to not only keep my some normalcy in my life since I can't do any conventions or anything. I thought, why not just focus all my effort on making a really cool book in the process? So, you know, it's there's a lot less. I think the last time I ran one, there were a hundred more comics running when I was, it was like 250 or something. This time I think when I launched, it was like 120. So I don't know if people are just backing off on launching during the pandemic or if they, if there's just a lack of good content right now, but I have no plans on slowing down. I still, I'm already planning another one for later this year. So Mm -hmm. Well, that's good, I think, because, you know, right now, I, you know, granted, some people are, are not working, and so maybe they're thinking they're afraid that other people aren't working, and so maybe they don't yeah. want to do that. But, but what's funny is I'm a contrast to that. I'm actually working more than I usually do. I've gotten offers to do, like, proofreading and stuff like that work. So I'm – every day I'm busy, 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 and other people are sitting around, what are we going to watch? What are we going to do? I'm going, I can't do that. I'm too busy. <laughs> so it's just funny. I, I, I got paid for some of them. I just went to – a store that I like to frequent and we went and kind of supported them to keep them going. Cause it's important to keep local shops oh, going. Yeah. So, and not everybody can be open and stuff like that, but some people will open if, if you can schedule to go in there with them and do stuff. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's like not everybody's in the same situation. And I'm fortunate that uh, I don't really rely a hundred percent on my creative income to, uh, pay my bills so I can still be pushing forward with all this stuff and not worrying about, you know, if, uh, losing all these conventions is going to like not let me pay my mortgage or something. But, uh, I know not everybody's in the same boat, but I figured what was the harm in launching and at least trying to do something for people in the process with this digital bundle and kind of promoting other people and, giving something for people to look at other than the doom and gloom of the news. Well, yeah, that's right. So it's good to have something to think about besides that. Yeah. Get behind this instead of watching that every morning, you know, it's, 
<laughs> that's tough stuff. Now let's, let's get into the book some because it's described on the website as a 20-page full-color 8x8 saddle-stitched book with beautiful, beautiful, whimsical art. And who are the supercats? We should probably get into describe who the characters are. Yeah, it's it's, it's real fun. So uh, I, you know, I have I had two cats, and one of them was really, uh, really confident and sly and kind of acrobatic at times, and the other one was tailless and clumsy and a runt, and thought she could do the same stuff as the other cat. So I basically based these <laughs> superhero cats off of my two cats. So we have Meanwhile, who's like this orange tabby that is the superhero. And you have Ono, uh, who is based off my cat that was named Yoko. Uh, and he's like wants to be a superhero, but he's such a clumsy, silly cat that he has to figure out different ways of being uh, special. So he's, he doesn't do all the acrobatic stuff. He's just sneaky and tricky and tries to do, you know, the, the runt way of doing things. So it's a, it's a fun way to play off the two characters and we, we, we can create really cool uh, moral tales in the process. So I try to give up every book so far has got a good meaning behind it. Uh, the first book's about Ono wanting to become a super cat and meanwhile, basically showing him that he doesn't have to be just like her to be super, he can find it in himself with the things that he has, with the things that make him unique or what make him super. So that was what the first book really was geared toward. And I, I really liked the way it came out and a lot of people have kind of applauded that it's as silly as it is, but it still has that uh, meaning behind it. And so I'm trying to keep that going and uh, with the Halloween book, uh, it's all about meanwhile to kind of taking the day off because there's so many super every all these cats and dogs are all dressed up like superheroes for Halloween. So meanwhile, I was like, eh, everyone else can be the superheroes today. I'm going to stay home. And Ono goes out and trick or treats and finds that these bad dogs, which uh, we call it the bad dog club. They're out uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. causing trouble. They're dressed up as super cats and kind of making them, the super cats look bad. So Ono goes to try to stop them and can't do it himself. So he has to go back and humbly ask Meow to uh, get out there and be the super cat too. So it's it's gonna it's fun and I'm really excited uh, to see what. Angela does with the Halloween because she is she does the like dark whimsical uh, cartoon style really great and that's one of the another reason I leaned into the Halloween aside from my son loving it was that I knew she would make it just look spectacular in the end and I I'm really excited about everything I've gotten from her so far. Now on the kickstarter page you actually have pages from the first one yeah i have two drops recently i put the full you can actually scroll down and read the full first book on the kickstarter page uh i just put it up there because i was giving it away anyway uh in multiple places and i figured what better way for you to get 
introduced to the book and the characters than just read the first book right there. So there it is in all its glory. Uh, but we're going to do something fun with it too. Uh, on the first campaign, we did like a digital uh, coloring book where you could print the pages and they were all just black and white. Well, we're, I'm actually printing a full coloring book of it's both of the issues done basically. So you can color the comic yourself and it's a fun thing I wanted to do before, but I didn't, uh, I didn't quite know how to do it. And I figured it out and I decided this is a great little add on. So that's a little bump up. You can get a cool coloring book edition of both the books together, uh, added to your bundle. That'd be cool. Now, Chris, in the writing, you write this and and this rhyme is involved with it. Did you do the the Halloween one with the same thing? So, um, something a little. I'm doing something a little clever with it. Uh, I'm not. I wanted to do the first book that was very much like a almost like a Dr. Seussy rhyme all the way through. But uh, I, as I'm gradually stepping towards the full all ages comic, I want it to become comic style. So I'm, I added elements, more elements of comic book style. And then Miwao speaks in rhyme. So whenever Miwao is on the page, there's rhyminess going on because Miwao, whenever Miwao talks, it's in that Dr. Susie type rhyme. So I'm going to keep an element of that there. I think that would be fun to keep (laughs) in there just to kind of, do a throwback to the beginning, but, and it's just kind of goofy and fun to write that way. And I, while I don't think I can do it for a full comic book, once we are doing like 20 to 30 page comics, eventually it's like, it'd still be fun to have me while talk like that. If I can pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be a good challenge. It's, it's good to challenge yourself when you're writing particularly. So that's a good idea. Yeah. It keeps you, Keeps you on your toes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, something different, too. I mean, your other books, nothing like this. You know, I have to say, The Alter Life and Zed, and then you also did Nook. Yeah, uh, everything is very, very much <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum uh, from this, which was kind of refreshing. Uh, I know what, I did Alter Life, and then Zed was a little more lighthearted, but it was action in a head there was some depth buried beneath the fun action that was in there. And then Nook of course is very dark. It's about world war two. And I also has a, a cat featured in it. So uh, something I tend to come back to, I guess, since I've lived with cats for so long in my life, but uh, yes, yeah, it was very refreshing to get to do something strictly for kids. And it just, a whole different way of writing. Uh, I had to not only rebuild an audience in a sense, because a lot of those people that were reading those other books aren't necessarily reading kids books. I had to relearn how to write these books because it's not quite the same as writing a dark graphic novel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We got to stretch different muscles. Oh yeah. As far as that goes. That's a good way now, to keep ideas fresh, I think, is to, to challenge yourself with a new way of writing. 
Yeah. Now, one of the things I got a kick out of, I was reading the the levels and the the, the, uh, the the pledge levels that you can do. You've got one with Halloween stickers in it. You've got a Super Cats bundle with uh, the physical edition of Super Cats and, and digital stuff included. And then colorful cats. That's the one that we were talking about, the coloring books yeah, and stuff like that. And then you get to Super Capes. Yeah. A wonderful handmade purple super cats cape, just like they were in the books. So your kid can be a super cat too. Are you making those? Who's making those for you? It's it's actually there's actually a story in here. Um, okay. I was kind of trying to figure out how to do this because I thought it's Halloween. We got to do something fun, like put in some kind of costumes or masks or something. So I put a feeler out on Facebook with all my friends and. I have all these people you you know you meet at conventions and stuff. You don't know who these there's crafty people out there. You don't know what they can do. So I threw it out there. Anybody know how to make capes, <laughs> capes and masks? And oddly enough, uh, someone I went to high school with that was actually the daughter of my kindergarten teacher <laughs> when I was in kindergarten. She reached out to me and said that she would make the capes for my Kickstarter. Wow. So, uh, she actually handmade the capes and there's, you can, if you scroll down, you can see like a little picture of, uh, that's actually her son modeling the super cats, the big SC on the back Mm -hmm. cape. Mm -hmm. And it's just a nice little fun addition. Something I I always want to, I always try to put something new if I can, that's not going to be really difficult for me to create. And once I, I had somebody I knew that could make them, I was just like, this has got to happen. It's going to be great. I have kids running around. My son's already like, I'm going to dress up as a super cat for Halloween. <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're, when your own kid wants to do that, wants to get invested with that, that's, that's great. I know. I and mean, he was Spider-Man this last Halloween. So he went from Spider-Man to super cat. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this wow. is rewarding at this point. <laughs> you're doing something right. Obviously. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely the people that have gotten it for their kids and have come back for the second book. A lot of them have told me how much, like whenever they see something that's about comic books for their kids, their kids always gravitate back to picking up super cats. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Cause that's like, that's exactly what I was trying to do was to show little kids how cool comics could be before, they can read most of the comic books that are out there. Cause there's not a lot of this stuff made for kids this age. I've seen board books that are comic book E that are all very, very basic and they don't really give anything to come back to over and over again. So I wanted to, I thought this, this is the way to do it. And it feels like with, with kids, the way that kids are reacting to it, it seems to be working. <laughs> Cool. Now, there's one thing I noticed. Uh, the The biggest pledge level is what they, what you call a Super Cat Super Fan. It's $250 or more. And obviously, somebody's already taken one of those five slots, which is cool. It says you get your name in the book as a producer and a special thank you postcard handwritten from the author. 
as well as all these other good things. So uh, you've already got one of those. So, man, that might be nice to get some other folks coming in and, and jumping in on that. This, uh, he was a producer yeah. in the book. Are, are they going to be listed in the credits? Yeah, they'll be listed like on the first uh, credits page. I usually throw a, a tier like this in here. I, I've had people that have been following me from the beginning of Alter Life, and they like to support the books. And I figure, you know, if you want some special prize at the end of this for for helping out in a, a good in a high uh, tier way. I always try to do, I don't put anything. Most of these people don't want like crazy things for tossing in to help at this tier because they're, if you can afford 250 for super cat stuff, they usually are happy with the stretch goals and all that stuff. But I always like to do something personal. So that's why we do the postcards and I'll write a personal message to somebody. And then I've had people get the producer credit so they can put the names of their kids in the book. We, I think the last time we had uh, the last super cats book, we had uh, someone do that. And we actually had someone to do that for nook for the hardcover book too, uh, for their daughter. So, um, you know, it's something fun. I like to always have in there. Uh, I did these action figures too, but uh, those, (laughs) It, those are kind of a goofy new thing for me too, but that's in, also included in the super cat, super fan thing too. But, uh, and, you know, you, you try to do something special for those people that keep coming back again and again and supporting your mm-hmm. books. You know, someday you're going to have the characters actually send letters oh, yeah. to kids someday. That'll happen. Cause I've seen oftentimes when people want, like they want mighty mouse to send them. A letter and stuff like that. So I bet oh, sometime yeah. some of them are going to want to hear from your cats, and you're going to have to <laughs> figure out some way to do that creatively. Yeah, I've already had people asking me where the the plush stuffed animals are. <laughs> like I'm, I'm maybe may, it have to be a maybe a Kickstarter all of its own because that's a whole undertaking. I don't even know where to begin with, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, you never know. That could be down the line. That's interesting because, like, with Stabity Bunny, the one that I help with, there's a, a lady locally who makes plush Stabity Bunnies. <laughs> nice. For us. And we sell them when we go to conventions and stuff like that. And some people just love them. We did a variety of different colors just for different circumstances and stuff like that. I bet if you put your something out on Facebook, you'll I, somebody might rise up and say, hey, I can do that. I should. I should. Maybe for book three, that'll be – one of the higher tier rewards or something. I, I've, been, I've been toying with it, but I wanted to try to do is this action figure thing this time because I found a company that does like these Minecraft style blocky guys and they're just fun. They've got their parts come off and stuff. They're kind of like Lego type guys. So my son keeps stealing mine and I actually don't know where it is now. And I'm like, I keep telling him I might need that for something. <laughs> you have to make a bunch and not let them know where they all are. That's probably yeah. what you're going to have to do at some point. But that's good though. I mean, if he's interested, boy, you've got something going there. So I'll yeah, it's, take great that up. Have, it's great to have a sounding board right here. It just, I pull him over. I actually, first thing I did when I finished the Halloween script is I sat him down and just read the script and 
you know, animated style while I'm reading it, like getting very excited about it and kind of explaining what the pages are going to look like. And man, his reaction was enough to make me ready to pull the trigger on getting the Kickstarter going. So cool. It's, it's a good, it's a good thing to have an audience right away that you can <laughs> see if that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, kids are not going to, well, that was nice. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're not going to, they either love it or they don't. And they're going to let you know immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's good. That, that's great that you have that to, to, to do those kinds of things. That's going to be, that's going to be really helpful. I, boy, I hate to tell you something that I see Netflix cartoon in this uh, series future. <laughs> I've been thinking about that too. And I've had people asking if I'd be interested in animation and stuff later too. And then I even had, uh, I actually had an agent, a, li- a literary agent approach me about doing, getting it going as a kid's book, but they didn't like the comic book aspect of it, oh. which kind of ruined it for me because like mm. my whole point of this was to kind of introduce comic books to kids first learning to read. And they're like, well, it's great art. It's a great art style and it's a great idea, but it would have to be more of a traditional children's book for me to sell it to a publisher and i'm like Mm. well then i guess i'm going to keep doing it the kickstarter way because i want (laughs) i want it to be a certain thing and how do they do that how do they come to you and say well we like your book but we don't want we don't want it the way that you're doing it how how do people do that they i don't know they just i they the nice thing was the guy basically told me the door is open for another idea and i have some other kids ideas that don't have to be comic books, but this one, I really don't want to go back and change it because that would ruin the whole idea of what I was trying to do with the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, so many creators I've talked to in the past to say, well, I gave that to them. And then when they came back and said, well, we liked it, but we made this change and that change to it. And they go, it wasn't our book anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. And, uh, even Angela, I was telling her about it. The artist, she's like, "Oh, we could easily, we could easily take frame by frame and make it a kids' book." I'm like, "Yeah, we could, but <laughs> it's not a comic book anymore. It's just a kids' nope. book that nope. has superhero cats in it. Like I've seen that book. There's, I, they have those books already. They don't have a book that you open and you see panels and bubbles and." it looks like a comic book and it's kind of teaching a kid how the comic style is even read from the beginning. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I, I feel like this is something unique and when people actually pick it up and look at it at shows and stuff, they're just like, this is great. This is something I haven't seen before. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bend on that idea. I have, I have plenty of ideas that come from playing with a two-year-old and coming up with crazy stories. I don't need to <laughs> take this one and make it something it's not. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it because then it's not your story anymore; it's somebody else's. So yeah, I would keep with it because it, it looks great. So, okay, so Halloween after that's over, do you have any other Super Cats adventures that uh, are uh, possible in the future? I do. Uh, the third book's. I, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna do another holiday right away, but uh, 
I think the the Halloween thing just came from my son Ray just being so overly enthusiastic about Halloween. I was like, maybe I'll just make you a Halloween book, and while you still love it, <laughs> but uh, I have some fun stuff in my head already about where the third book's gonna go, and I might introduce another cat in the third book, and that should be fun. Maybe a cat that is bad instead of good. Mm, I was wondering about that. Yeah, mm. we got the dogs as the bad guys right now, but I thought maybe we, I keep I draw chalk with my son outside all the time, and I'll draw the super cats and I'll draw stuff, and I started kind of playing with an evil cat, and I keep kind of testing it on him, and he's like, yes, that's, he's like, yes, that's a, that's the bad cat, that's the bad cat. So... Mm. <laughs> mm. Now, I, of course, I gotta ask, in this age of political correctness, what about a female cat? Well, meanwhile, is... Besides meow, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that was actually, I went for the female cat as a superhero, um, mm-hmm. and then the little boy cat is the one that's the runt. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really decided what this bad cat's going to be yet, but mm. I'm thinking maybe another female. Because mm. I, I always think this is just my thing. I, I, I watch and guys can be everything. I mean, we've seen guys as villains, good guys, scientists, you know, everything in the world, but female lead characters tend to be, well, you know, Lois Lane or things like that. They're always, it's, it's yeah. the ones being rescued. It's so nice to see a female in the lead role who is not a damsel in distress. So that's one of the things I liked about the, that your book is you go yeah, a different that's, route. With that's that. what I thought. I thought it was fun to have Miwao as the girl and have the little boy looking up to the superhero girl and wanting to be just like her. You know, we get the, we get the, other way around all the time you know girls running around wanting to be superheroes and looking up to either female superheroes or male superheroes but i feel like why not kind of i always try to bend the genre a little bit if you haven't noticed with said and alter life and nook but i like to add my own interpretation of things so i thought that was a good way to go that's good I think we need more of those kinds of stories, to be honest with you. That's good. So, well, Chris, you brought up your other books. So, uh, Super Cats are probably, and your son are probably keeping you pretty busy. Uh, any other things coming as far as your other books? Any follow-ups to them or something new coming along? I have a couple things in works. I have two more issues of Zed uh, on the burner. They're kind of... In early development, I mean, I, I want to come back with Zed with the full volume. I think that's the only way to sell that series better for me. And then, uh, you know, it'll be like one little cohesive story in uh, the Zed big arc. But that way, you know, people can get introduced to the beginning again, but also get two more stories inside of it. And then uh, this fall, the guy that worked on Nook with me, uh, Marcelo Biat. Uh, he is working with me on a time travel one shot that is probably, I, I was planning on making it a one shot, but it's becoming something that I think I can write more in. So I think it's going to start as like a 40 page book and then 
maybe we'll, it'll keep growing from there. Uh, but it's a time travel story about a guy that at the same instant he creates a time travel device, he destroys it and you get to see the time loop in between that minute of time. That's him essentially coming back and telling him, you know, why he shouldn't make a device and then, you know, how he destroys it. But it's going to be, it's something fun. I wrote it a little while ago and I just came back to it and I started reading it again. I'm like, where was I going with this? This doesn't make any sense. And then I got halfway through and I'm like, Oh my God, it makes total sense. I, I don't know where these ideas come from sometimes. And <laughs> coming back to read it again, I was like, I'm going to have to fix this whole thing. It's a mess. And then when I got halfway through, I was like, actually it's not a mess. It's supposed to look like a mess in the beginning. But <laughs> well, that's, that's good though. That's how people will react to it. So you, you've got a good sense of how readers will feel about it. And then you can play with that. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's fun. It's it's another one of those genres that's I I love so much in my movies and TV shows, and I just I wanted to put my own spin on it. So uh, I think it's going to be something from again that's familiar, but it's going to be unique. It's going to stand mm-hmm. out. Good. And of course, I always hearken back to Alter Life, which was the first book of yours that I came across. And I would like that book a lot. I, I, I know that it's basically a complete story, but I, I, any chance of going back to that universe? Um, I have a couple of things in the works, actually. Uh, I was debating putting out an idea for an anthology of creators coming up with stories inside the universe. Um, but I is actually I'm actually I've been approached about doing a TV show for Alter Life. So really, I'm, I'm it's a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. He uh, co-wrote some stuff that's been pretty well received by the critics uh, over the past couple of years, and he's been following Alter Life from the beginning and. Yeah, so we're kind of in the talks. I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, he's got another show he's working on right now, but he and his uh, co-writer are actually cooking up a first season with pilot of Alter Life. So there's really? a potential for that to become something. It's an early development, but right. But um, wow, it's going to be something a little. It's it's going to be like the book but it's going to go past the book. So that's why I bring that up to you asking for more within the world. The, the first book will be in there, but uh, it, they want to see what else, where else it goes and they have ideas and they were been pitching them to me. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's partly where I was thinking of going with it. And I pitched some of my futuristic alter life ideas to them. And it's, it's exciting, but I don't want to get too excited yet because everything's kind of been delayed with everything that's been going on. So um, we'll just rest easy and wait and see what happens. But they have their foot in the door. Uh, they want to do something with the uh, with Alter Life. So that's, that's encouraging. Yeah, good, good, good things that will come out of it either way. So great. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. But yeah. If you like that wow. book, it's definitely good news. 
Yeah, I like that because, I, like I said, I I discovered that I think it was Wizard World Chicago was where I first came across. You, you were there at a booth. That was and like I took my a, first convention. I think I had that book. Ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought it and I took it home with me and I read it that night. And I came back the next day and said, "I like this. This is a really good book." And so I so I got to talk with you as a result of that. And so I, I'm look, I'm really excited to see that. That would be interesting to see that happen. I'd be curious to see what other things could happen in that universe. Well, you should you should be happy to know that 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 reaction from that show kept me going with that book. So um, (laughs) because it always comes down to those moments, right? Like it's easy to get discouraged doing all of this stuff and it, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot of time. But that's one of the hardest things about not having shows right now, too, is that's the stuff that we thrive on as mm-hmm. artists and creators is getting out there and seeing that reaction and mm-hmm. having the people come back to your table and say, Oh my God, <laughs> I read that book and now I need to have your other book. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I have had that happen a lot, especially since Nook uh, came out. Mm-hmm. So for some reason that book just like struck a chord with so many people and then they would come back and pick up alter life. And then they're like, Oh, <laughs> maybe I should be paying attention <laughs> to, what, to your Kickstarters. So it's, it's always encouraging to have those moments. And I, yeah. I thank you for giving me one of my earliest ones with those books. Well, that's good. It's good stuff. Of course, now I got to ask about Nook. What about Nook being a, uh, some kind of a program or something being, being I translated? To the I screen? mean, I guess, getting one out there is the stepping stone, right? So if we can get alter life going, then I would not be surprised if it became something based off of that. Uh, I, I have a film background, so I I would love to get the opportunity to do more of my stories in film or television, but uh, you know, we have to kind of wait and see what happens with one, Uh, but I'm excited crazy things can happen. I guess it's, it's a guy I knew. I actually hired him out of college to work on stuff in Chicago. And now he's looking at my books to get <laughs> produced. And wow. so coolness, all coolness. About you know, I guess. Yeah. Well, it never hurts to have friends. Never hurts. Well, of course, let's get back to Supercats Halloween with a nice exclamation point at the end. A children's book, kids comic series, and it's doing real well, but we need your help to get it over the top to make sure that this gets published and gets into kids' hands. So, and, and to all the rest of us who will enjoy reading it too. So, you know, Caleb, keep it up and, you know, much success with this. I'm, I think you're going to get this one done and move on to another Supercats like you've gotten in store already. I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's the hope. I'm trying to do one Supercats book a year at this point to kind of evolve with my son's reading and with the fans that bring their kids along. So they always have something to look forward to in the year with a, a new book in this series. And hopefully it keeps going. Hopefully everybody keeps being as excited as they are. And it seems like it's, it's uh, something that you've already built an audience between the first book and the second. And if that's a good sign, so there'll be more to come as long as people keep buying them. Well, that's great. Keep it up. Thanks. 
people need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. to welcome to the podcast, Lewis Southard, the driving force behind a great book called Villains Seeking Heroes. How are you doing there, Lewis? I'm well, Wayne. How are you today? Good, good. Did I get the name right? Yeah, no, you got it 100% correct. Okay, so that's good. Now, I, I saw some of your stuff on YouTube. I was, you were, you've been doing some updating of people oh, via yeah. that. <laughs> so I got to, you know, we're right now as we're recording this, and of course, it's probably gonna be this way for a little while. We're in the middle of the pandemic and, you know, everything just basically crashed and burned on us. <laughs> you had all these wonderful things going and all these wonderful plans and that all stopped. But the good news is your book, if people want to get it, can get it out on Comixology. Talk a little bit about that, about where we stand with the book and like the print version and things like that. Okay, so as we all know, uh, printing distribution, for the most part, that shut down, at least for Diamond. I don't know if you want to date this podcast, but as of right now, there are alternate methods, but there's no concrete method. So what the publisher I'm with, Action Lab Entertainment, they pretty much said, we're going to push through, we're going to just do digital releases. Uh, Originally, it was horrible. The day I got to announce the when the print release was going to come out, which was originally June 10th, the distributor shut down, printer shut down. So Action Lab's like, okay, we're going to release your book, all eight issues digitally on Comixology in April. And as of right now, they're all out. And uh, so far, the reception has been mostly well. Uh, of course, there's been some people calling me a hack fraud, but that's simply my cross to bear. Uh, however, it's been pretty good, so I'm pretty happy. This is my first book, my debut book, right? So, and uh, it's it's just been fantastic. Why would they call you that? <laughs> I, I, I can't say. It's just people on the internet, I suppose. Oh well, you know, hey, that's that's mild for the internet. Then <laughs> <laughs> you you got off easy as far as that goes. <laughs> so I, I, I see that. Uh, the one thing question I wanted to ask you, though, did you get any blowback from people who said, you know, we should be supporting stores, and if we do d- digital stuff, then that takes away from stores? Did you get anything like that? I can't speak of that on a on a personal level. Uh, I, uh, if the company has, I can't speak for the company. But me, I don't think I'm that big of a fish for people to complain. <laughs> I simply okay. a relative unknown. Okay. If anything, this is very under the radar. And for the, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't say what is necessarily the best option, print or digital. Of course, it's best to support your local shops because, you know, that they are the backbone of this industry. Right. But this is a very different time. We are, as you said earlier, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And while some people can't work, others have to as well which is the case of, I, I guess, Action Lab's thinking, 
you know, like I, I have to work too. And, and right. I have my, t- my creative teams that need to work as well. So it, it's a very complicated issue, and I, I'm certainly not an authority to speak of it. But as I said, on a on a on my level, I, I haven't received any any blowback. Okay, now I support my local store, which was, the one that I go to is called Crumbs World, and it's in Winter Garden, Florida. Just people's information, and the thing I just was there a couple of days ago. They actually opened the store up for for a couple of us to come in and actually buy some stuff from them to keep them going. So I, I'm very happy to support them. I do that. On the other hand, I am all for digital books when I can't get the physical copies. So I went out when, when we talked about doing this, I went right out and bought all the, the eight issues about the trade, which is out and the, the three issues after that, which I enjoy, by the way, I, I, I do want to get in there. This is a, a great book on several levels, oh, completely you. surprising on the way, and the, which we'll talk about. But I feel that if somebody puts something out on digital, it's fair game as far as I'm concerned. I, I think so, so too. It, it's just the matter of, of change, which is pe- something people are very much afraid of. And when DC was doing the Walmart book initiative, that was something a lot of retailers complained about. And it only took a matter of months before DC shut that down. And now you can't get comics at your Walmart any longer. It's it's these threats that, quote unquote threats, that don't really have that much stake because the comic book industry has been dying since the 50s, as they say. It's, it's going to be around. It's going to persevere. People will always want print books. What's old will always be new, and I. I but I feel that everything can coexist as it is. Yeah, well, no, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one thing. I just bought books at Walmart the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. So they are going. There are several giants that are still continuing on. I bought like issue number four of Batman, and they restarted it recently, and they are there. I mean, you have to look for them. They're hidden amongst the playing cards and stuff like that, but you can get them. So I, I was happy to actually buy a couple so I could read something. Oh, that's good. But like, like I said, with yours, I was glad to buy yours because I got to read your stuff, which I really enjoyed. Like I was saying. So before we get too far along, I want to have you talk about what is the book about you know kind of where it came from and we'll talk about we'll get into the characters and stuff but talk about what what's the premise of the your book well the book it centers around a union of sorts for supervillains which handles uh the more stereotypical like designation like rogues gallery designation stuff like that and our protagonist is a a middle-aged has-been who goes by the name master molecule and he has entered a downward spiral of sorts and finds himself being demoted from a solo villain to a team villain and uh, a team known as the Frightening Five, which only has three members. <laughs> Those two other members being an eccentric yet powerful individual known as the Spirit King, who claims he's a god from a place called the Spirit World, despite having no ev- evidence to support such a claim. And the other being a mute muscle man of mystery, only called Nightman. And Which I love. I, I love those characters. I have to tell you what. First off, right off the bat, you've hit one of the, the humor parts for me. You, you've talked about the fact that there's only three people in this five, uh, five, named, five named group, shall we say. Which made me laugh. And, and of course, i, I got to talk about the title of the series, series Villains Seeking Hero. Right. It sounds was- like a classified ad in some levels to me. To be honest, 
that stemmed from a, an old show I used to watch in the early 2010s. It was one of those shows nobody seemed to watch except me. And it was just called Man Seeking Woman. And it was, it was just this comedy, a romantic comedy sort of show where it's basic everyday dating uh, troubles, but it's sort of done in a surrealist style a la, let's say, David Lynch. And that always stuck with me because it was this nice blend of, of comedy and, and a little bit of tr- uh, drama. And when I was working on this, the original title was going to be Malevolence Collective, which was the name, which is the name of the organization in the book. Mm-hmm. Yet everyone said that that was uh, too much of a mouthful. And when I, I came up with a whole list and I thought of that TV show and I just mm-hmm. put Villain Seeking Hero because in a certain way it works because we have these main characters who are professionally supervillains. And as the series is supposed to go along, they all need uh, a hero either in, on a professional level or let's say on an emotional, personal level. Mm-hmm. Which... You know, I, I, right there, that, that's something to remember when you get to the end of issue eight, what you just said there, that, that last thing. Well, but, don't uh, spoil that yet. That's a, that's a big no. <laughs> thing. Uh, well, let's save that for a little bit later down the road. Now, see, one of the things about this book I love are the surprises. I mean, it's a comedy on many levels. I mean, Master Molecule gets dressed down. He gets whipped by a, a female superhero all the I time. Yeah. Yeah, he's constantly getting beat up by her, and oh, Lady Liberty, saying, you mean? Yeah, Lady Liberty, that's the one. He's going to. He says, "This time I'm going. This is going to be. A, I'm going to beat you this time," and he never does, which is how he ends up being, you know, demoted in the first issue. I think the first issue. I think we can talk relatively freely about. Yeah, but uh, the, well, anything's fair gets, game. Let's just go. Let's just try to provide proper setup. Yeah, I don't want to. That's what I don't want to spoil stuff. I, I like to I like to tease, but I don't want to spoil. But I always tell people remember certain things people have said because you're gonna you're gonna want to remember that for as you get along. But the, the interesting thing to me are, are it, there's it's a, a comedy, but every once in a while something tragic happens, shall we say? And you know the the, the interesting thing about it, everybody always wants to beat the hero but you know there's, there's this and batman constantly talks about this all the time you you put people in jail they come back out you fight them again it doesn't end you know the whole bonus of, should batman kill the joker at some point right. well you kind of answer that question at the end of the very first issue let's just say that something that some villains would like to have happen happens well I kind of play, I, I have fun with that in the sense that it, using those tropes, that is a system. Like, you are supposed to fight and defeat whoever you are going after. To kill, that's like a whole other level. You are breaking the rules, which is the inciting incident for all of Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's where the, the rest of the... A conflict derives from that uh, one of the characters has crossed the line mm-hmm. seemingly accidentally but nevertheless they've done so the the idea behind volume one was actually just my thoughts or just learning about what happens to to cop killers uh when uh, normally when when an, a criminal kills a police officer then it, it's often seen that at least in pop culture and i would see in, i would assume in 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 reality as well 
that the the police force teams it seems to get a little more brutal and a little more personal towards uh, the the assailant, right? Which was which is how it goes with Volume One because one in the, one superhero dies, but it, my answer to that is what if that superhero was part of a team? What do his colleagues think about mm-hmm. about this, and how do, are they going to react? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is something you explore. Mm-hmm. Which is because it's something interesting about. It. Now, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the characters because you know one of the most fun, and, and you wouldn't think so, but it, the Nightman is the one that you have a lot of fun with. There was a book I, I, I reviewed a while back, and I, the title escapes me, but some there was a character. Oh, it was the kid with the balloon for a head, or something was the name of it. And this kid who had a balloon for a head never spoke, but people were forever interpreting what they thought he was going to say. And so the whole issue goes through and all these people are constantly putting words in his mouth all the time and he never speaks. And you have a lot of fun with that same kind of idea with Nightman. Nightman doesn't speak. And yet, <laughs> particularly the, the spirit King is putting words in his mouth all the time. That's pretty much, they are, they are the duo of the book as of right now. They are the main uh, friends like they get along famously, yet there's no real reason as to why they do. And and the reason Spirit King does enough talking for the both of them, even if even <laughs> if Nightman did speak, it, it would not matter. But I I do love the idea that Spirit King, since he's a bit unhinged, it, it's it's slightly interpretive as to perhaps he is speaking to Nightman somehow, or maybe he's just this narcissist delusional individual who can just carry on conversations whether or not anybody's speaking mm-hmm. well sometimes there are people who carry on conversations with themselves right as we say and so that's kind of what he's doing he's nightman is strong and he's a formidable character but because you know he can't taunt the the heroes and he can't respond to anything and some heroes <laughs> they respond really funny in a very funny way to that. There's one one circumstance that comes up where somebody is taunting Nightman and saying, "What's the matter with you? Can't can't you say something? What's what's wrong with you?" Kind of stuff. And he doesn't respond because he can't. And <laughs> of course, the hero gets really un- upset with that with the character because of that, <laughs> which is great fun. I mean, you know, the the whole all these characters are very smartly put together. Even Master Molecule, who was forever getting the tar beat out of him and, you know, <laughs> never being successful, really, as things goes along. But he's he sees himself in a, in a more positive light than others do, although people are quick to tell him exactly where he belongs. Right. <laughs> Talk about the guy that's the, in charge of the, the villains group. The blacksmith. What's his... Yeah, the blacksmith. He has like armor on, and he is the one that when we first get introduced to him, he's talking to Master Molecule after he's had a drubbing, and this is where he tells him that he's being demoted and he's going to be in charge of a group. And the the hilarious thing to me is Master Molecule's response: "Oh no, not a group!" kind of stuff, which made me laugh out loud because you know groups are big deals in comics. You know, everybody if you're part of a group, boy, oh wow, that's a that's a good thing. You know, but to see his reaction, I laughed right out loud when I saw that. Well, I, I that whole scene is is basically anytime you've had a, a tizzy with your boss, in the sense that you're you're trying to stand up for yourself, but you also have to be reserved because they are your superior. Right. 
And uh, Blacksmith himself, uh, I, I came up with the idea for Blacksmith years and years ago before I even wanted to make uh, a comic. And the original idea was was not the end result. It, it's for me, it's it's like an Easter egg to my own life to include him there. But I, it's this fun juxtaposition. He's he's this man in a, in a suit of armor, yet he's surrounded by all these motivational posters. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, like it's a photo of a koala and it just says synergy. <laughs> like that, that, that is, that I think is fun. It, and that's the whole point of the book. It's to take these absurd and bombastic ideas and, and comic tropes and, and just the stereotypical things you, you'd see and kind of, take the take the life out of it and bring it down onto our level in, in the real world and that's and that's the whole point um one thing i you mentioned it earlier but i'll just say it right now just to say it the the thing is like these are characters at least the villains who it, it's unknown as to what is like who they are and what is the mask and like you could argue who is evil and who is not. I, I would say perhaps Master Molecule, that's his job. I don't think he's an evil person. Uh, it's just what he knows. It's what he does. Uh, otherwise, I think Spirit King is a, is a person who's, I'm always the Spirit King, and this is what I do. Well, Master Molecule has that double identity. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen Nightmare <clears throat> without his costume, have we? Oh, no, that's very deliberate. I'm saving that for uh, a very special moment. I, I just, of course, the longer it goes, the more curious I am as to what's under there. You know, what kind of person is that? You know, who is he? So it's going to be interesting. I, I wonder if he can speak. He just doesn't because he's when he's Nightman. See, all these things are questions. I, I, you know, as I go along, I keep wondering. Now, wait a second. Does that mean this? So I, I love it when I, the, when there are questions that I, that come along because I'm just curious as to what's happening. Well, that's good then. <laughs> I, I hope that would incite people to want to read more. Uh, I, I'll say this. The whole book, the whole story, it, it's planned out. Everything has an answer. I, I do not believe in embarking on a, on a writing project without knowing everything from r- right out the gate. Because if you want to set up stuff, you have to do it properly. So then it has a good enough payoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know in, in you've read all eight issues. So in volume one, there are slight allusions to something that is revealed in, in volume two, especially, and I'm referring to the last page of issue eight, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically in issue four, which is when Master Molecule is, is saved by someone randomly. And based on how they talk, it's just a, a, a very casual conversation and they both divulge information that you would not expect the other character to have especially mm-hmm. regarding uh, the relationship or a uh, presumed relationship between the two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was something I really wanted to get that right out the gate because that is that relationship between those two characters is, is part of the lifeblood of this book. Uh, and, and I'm very happy. That's, that's why I really want people to get to issue eight because mm-hmm. I, I feel that volume one, and, and please tell me what you think. Volume one is, is a welcome to the world. And, and mm-hmm. what we have so far with volume two is uh, like, uh, can you handle the experience? Because then we get to have fun and get to go into, uh, we get to finally explore the world. You, you get to mm-hmm. go into it. Right. Well, I, I did enjoy volume one. And, you know, Matthew Peterson wrote a thing about it and how surprised he was at the last page of volume. 
I have to say the first volume was very entertaining and grabbing. And the interesting thing is, as we go along, we get to know these characters a little more. I, I think like you've talked about setting up stories and I think that volume one is a great setup for this world and, and introduction to what's going on in this universe with them. You know, so I, I really like that. I, I, I enjoyed the first book and of course then I was grateful there was other issues so I could get in there and start to read some of the other things that were going on. And <laughs> it's always entertaining to me. The, the, the characters are great fun. I think that this is a universe that could go on for a long time, in my estimation. I think you, you're, you're, you're unfolding things slowly and interestingly. And to me, I like something like that. I don't want something. There's some people who just reveal the whole thing right off the bat, and then they try to struggle to come up with something after that. But I get a strong sense with you that, as you've already said, you've got the whole thing planned out. And it's fun to watch you unfold and reveal a little bit here and a little bit there. It's like driving in a car. You know, you're driving a car and some people just want to wander around and not know where they're going. They just kind of go from place to place. But, you know, I don't get in a car unless I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I don't read a comic unless I unless the person who's driving that car but that book has a good idea as to what's going to happen next so that's i enjoy that about the book i enjoyed <laughs> the fact that things were surprising along the way and and the characters were funny and human and really fascinating i i i feel for these people i i really do i begin to feel like you know it's one of those books I, that i lose myself into when i get to the end i'm going Oh, darn, that's the end. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Those are very kind words. Uh, but but uh, just to support what you're saying, I, I really do love long-form storytelling. That is possibly, especially in comics, I love that. Because you can reference one thing, and then later it could, be, it could turn into an entire story. Mm -hmm. it, I, it, that's just what world building is. You have to have a, a history there. Uh, especially with this book, I do a lot of jumping around in time. I, I'm currently writing volume three and there's a lot of flashbacks. So characters who die or disappear, they get to come back at any point. So no one's, no one's ever really gone to, to quote star Wars. Uh, they're they're They can come back at any point. And it, that's the fun part of having a, a built in universe that is somewhat thought out. Like there's a, there's a history there and anything, anyone can come back, anything can happen and anything could have ha happened. And that's, that's the fun of it. If I may ask, uh, was it Nightman that was your standout character uh, out of the whole thing? Well, you know, I, I'm intrigued by the challenge of having a character who doesn't speak. Right. So for me, I, I, I was entertained to see how you handled that. Because, you know, uh, sometimes he's, he, he pulls a Spock and lifts up an eyebrow. Mm -hmm. And he communicates, but he doesn't do it through speech. And that, to me, is always a – I'm drawn to that, how you do that. I mean, it's very effectively done. I mean, I, we still understand – and the, I also have to give credit to the art. The artist right. does a, a great job of, of drawing his face. He's got a mask on, but still we're able to understand a lot of what's going on even though he's got that mask. And so to me, I thought the whole, that's the character to me, of course, there's mystery involved. And of course that gets me attention. I just, there's a whole bunch of things. Nightman, I think was probably, you're right. He's probably the one that I glommed onto 
the most just because he's such a, an enigma and I'm drawn to, you know, Batman is an enigma to me. And I like those kinds of mystery characters, what's really going on. And so to me, I, I was drawn to him. And of course I like night characters and stuff like that too. So I, I'd like to know why he's called Nightman, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> so, that's tied into his origin story. Don't worry. When we get to that, it, it'll all be revealed. But uh, that's surprising. I, uh, everyone who's read it has gotten something really different out of it, which that's a good sign, I, I feel. Uh, like, uh, I, know, I know a lot of female readers have gravitated towards the, the doc issue, uh, issue five, which has mm-hmm. the character, the documenter. Uh, that, that's been pretty good. A lot of, uh, uh, but uh, Nightman's very much the, the uh, underdog of fan favorites right now. So I, I always enjoy it when people are like, Nightman's my favorite. My best friend, uh, he, he loves Nightman. And, and I'm like, oh, that's fun. But more often than not, people are either really rooting for uh, Master Molecule or, or people just get a kick out of the Spirit King. But I, I tend to do that, though. I, my favorite characters, like Marvel, my favorite characters are not the A-list ones my favorite are the c and the d list black knight and uh, uh people like that uh, you know the, the all those ones that are low on the totem pole that nobody likes i'm the one that likes those so i tend to do that but again i look at it from a, a i'm trying to explore the writing and well how do you do what you do and i think see to me nightman the, the way you handle that challenge so adeptly to me makes him an enjoyable character i mean Master Molecule, I get, I understand, middle age, good things. I, I, I relate to that on some levels, but he's kind of clear to me. Mm-hmm. Nightman is not clear to me, and therefore I'm, I, I'm curious. I've got to know. I like the Spirit King. The Spirit King to me is, <laughs> let's just say, uh, he's the one that I, uh, the kind of pe- person I tend to bounce into and come <laughs> along. And I'm forever going like, oh my gosh, why did I ever deal with that person? You know, kind of stuff. And so to me, I, I got a kick out of him on that level. That, see, these, like I said, these are very human characters. They're not, you know, see, this, I always talk about the difference between Marvel and DC. DC characters are icons. Right. You know, they're they're big and they're uh, extra uh, normal and stuff like that. Marvel, on the other hand, Spider-Man gets a cold and he gets beaten. Invisible Woman has a bad hair day, stuff like that. Your characters are in the middle, which I like. They're not. They're they're super in the sense that they have powers, but they're still human. But they're not so human that like a small thing will will throw them off. Uh, I, I I would argue the opposite. I feel like a lot of these characters get hung up on petty grievances, uh, mm. especially in volume two with the antagonist in that, the Skull Commander. Mm-hmm, like right. his whole motivation is, is built behind a petty grievance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yeah, know. But it's, not like a, it's not like a cold. It's not like oh, a, no. a, something like that. See, that to me is is uh, how can I put it in a in a complimentary way? It, it's it, it's it's low level. Right. When that kind of stuff happens. See, I don't, again, being human, I don't mind when they have grievances and stuff like that. That to me is being human. The throwing, a, it's a wild card when you throw a cold and your bad hair day and all that stuff. That's stuff you have no control over. Yeah. But the, your characters deal with real stuff. And that to me is more human. You know, we're going to get colds. Of course, we're going to do that. We're going to suffer here and there. But the, the important thing is to Deal with what's going on and not let those things inhibit you. Spider-Man gets beaten, you know, because he's got a cold. And I'm like, 
You know, just because you got a cold, that doesn't mean you get to stop and get beaten and get the tar beat out of you. You have to keep going. Your characters are dealing with real situations and coming out of it. And, and I feel for them because of the situations. It's not some out of the blue thing hitting them. It's the fact that they're real people and, and real people have conflicts with other real people. So I like that about the book a lot. Well, it was my thinking that just because you have superpowers, that doesn't mean you become a, a paragon for justice or you become the most heinous person who ever lived. Mm. It, it, it's the real and, – and I, and I feel this is a cliche in comics at this point, but it's what if uh, real people got superpowers? How would that be? Uh, which is why I feel my my book is set apart because we do have the the lightheartedness of the comedy, uh, but I, I do get to explore the the tragedy and the more gripping reality of it, and how it's a bit more complicated than everything is on the surface. See that that's one of the things that drives me nuts, and and this is something that let's just say a certain distributor has told people who do superhero comics. That DC and Marvel are the only ones allowed to do that. Oh, no. Other people, if they come up with superhero stuff, DC and Marvel has already tread all that ground, and it's impossible for somebody else to come up with something else. Your book is proof that that's not true. Well, let me tell you, uh, getting this book even out and finding a publisher, I got a, plenty of rejections, it, all with that same line of, of thinking that you know, no one is that keen on superhero books anymore. Which is why I was utterly ecstatic when Action Lab gave me a chance. Mm -hmm. uh, but that sort of thinking, it, it, it's so harmful because to say that a certain, like a certain group or, or certain people have uh, total control over a type of storytelling, yeah. that, that inhibits uh, so many people who have a story to tell. And it can yep. destroy people's motivation. But... Yep. You know, everyone has a story they could tell that only they can tell. Uh, and, and to put those people down and to say that their story is not worth telling, that, that who knows how many stories have been lost due to that See, sort of thinking. I, I am 100% with you on that because I could sit here and name comics that are superhero books that are not done by Marvel and DC, but I'm a huge fan of because they go places that I haven't been before. There's a book called Sidekicked. It has to do with sidekicks and they form a union you know because they've been they haven't been treated well and kind of stuff like that and I, I enjoyed that book tremendously there's a book called jaded and you were talking about what if real people have gotten powers that that uh, the, some of that is explored in jaded as well which is another superhero book but he couldn't get it published because diamond told him no it's a superhero book oops i said the name out didn't i oops. oh no well anyway <laughs> people know people know who i'm talking about because i i rage about them all the time but uh the the thing is, is your book to me, if you don't, if you think that superheroes have run the course, uh, I, this book is something you should read because you're going to find out you're wrong about that. This book goes places, has fun with the whole business of superheroes, and still there's tragedy involved. There's this, you know, I, I've always wondered because, you know, superheroes, more bad things should happen to them because they're only wearing, you know, spandex. And uh, the fact that they, you know, I, I was with DC on some levels when they actually had armor they started to wear, mm -hmm. you know, stuff. So I, I actually bought into that some. But superheroes are known for, but you're vulnerable. I mean, holy smoke, you know, to do this stuff. So I, when people get hurt and people, not only physically, but emotionally, they go through troubles. 
they're people just like everybody else. And so that's one of the things about this book that I enjoy is the fact that these are real people. And I know people like some of these people. I swear I do. That's the best compliment <laughs> I could have heard. Like that is, you don't know how much that means to someone like me, especially this being my first book like that, mm-hmm. because this is stuff I am trying to hit. This is stuff I'm going after. So to, to know that people like you, yourself can recognize that, uh, that's only reaffirming me going forward. So I really hope that we can keep pushing through and keep tell- getting to the points I really want to get to. Uh, and, and we can evolve these characters and we get to see them in their uh, highest form, if you will. Because this is just, this is only the beginning. And all of these characters, it's already been alluded to, there's other stuff going on, whether it's outrightly said or simply implied. And when we get to those moments and when we get to see what makes them tick and who they really are, it, it'll just be a wonderful crescendo. Uh, but as it is right now, it, it's just, like I said earlier, it's been a wonderful experience to just fully step into this world and get to these points and it, to be able to watch it grow and hopefully it will grow. Uh, it'll, it'll only be better. I want to see more. I mean, I know for myself, you know, having read the books and having gone through them and, and getting to know these characters, you know, see character development is something that you do too. People start even, it doesn't necessarily mean they go from hero to villain. There are shades of character development that go on, you know, with the characters, they, they, they move in a direction, something happens and they don't necessarily reform, but they, they change their thinking slightly. And that kind of thing is fun because we grow with them. And that's one of the, the, the most fun about this book is to sit and watch these people go through stuff and see how they come out of all these trials a little different. And, you know, again, they don't have to necessarily become heroes, but they can grow and they can change and they can, and we can kind of go, Oh, I see that. Cause you know, we're not the same. I'm not the same guy I was 10 years ago. Oh no. no I've gr- And so the, these characters, I mean, when we get to the final issue, when you finally get to where you want to go, you know, you're going to see these characters are very different from the first issue. And I always hearken back. I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek, deep space nine, the very first commercial for that show said, you know, a station in the middle of nowhere, untested crew, all this kind of stuff. And by the end of the seventh season, they had a commercial that said, you know, a, a, a tried crew and knows what they're doing, all this kind of stuff. They had grown in seven seasons. And I, I always feel like, you know, cause we do that with people around us. We see people going through things and learning and changing and, you know, for us to see this in the book to me is a real, I, I really enjoyed that. I really thought that was great fun. And I, I, I cannot spoil the end, but let me tell you, when you get to the end of the of issue eight, <laughs> you're going to be surprised. You're going to really enjoy that change because I did. I was like, oh, okay, everything makes sense now. <laughs> I'm glad that hit. Uh, to, to tag along with that line of thinking, I, I'm a quote is echoing through my head. And that's, uh, what is it? Uh, a man cannot step in the same river twice for he is not the same man and it's not the same river. Right. And that's, that's what we're trying to go with this book. Uh, beyond, we still have three more issues of volume two. Volume two is not complete. And the, we're still finishing that up. And the issue, issue nine, that deals with pretty much the aftermath of, of volume one and two. 
uh, you get to see the emotional, just a little peek behind the curtain. You get to see the the emotional effects for uh, the the protagonist. You get to see him actually be a bit vulnerable with what he's thinking and feeling about everything that has happened to him, and and that is and that's what you were saying. That's what that's what I want. Like it's almost upsetting in other stories, or at least in more conventional superhero stories. Every single time, like the the city falls apart, or or for Batman, another Robin dies, and, and it's like, well, back to business as usual. It's yeah. There's no there's no effects, and as as ongoing comics, you can't really have those effects because there's never an ending. You know, right. there always has to be a reset. But for books such as mine, there's only a finite thing. There's only a the the story has a beginning, middle, and end. Right, and See, I have like- the opportunity to explore this. Uh, good. Thank goodness. <laughs> I always talk about the fact that in Batman, you know, somebody's writing Batman, but somebody else has to pick up Batman after this story gets done. So Batman has to go back to where he was at the beginning of the story so somebody else can pick it up and do the same thing. Right. There's and, there's no real weight to it anymore. No, no. And, and But the good news is, is we get that. And, and you know what? There's a place for that. I, I'm happy with that. But, you know, because I'm a big Batman guy, that, he's my guy. But the, the thing of it is, it's all. It's fun to read those, but it's fun to read yours too because I don't necessarily want the same thing every time I pick up a book. I want to see characters grow and change and, and do stuff like that, as, as well as I want to see Batman and and, and I want to do other things. But you know, in my variety filled universe, there's room for all of this, and you're, you're you're scratching an itch for me. And I always like to say that that I, I'm glad to have because I, I you know, I, I'm sorry to keep hearkening to the issue eight one, but I, where are you going to go after issue eight? I am puzzling over. <laughs> I can't say any more than that, no, no, but no. let's just say you're, you're going territory. I haven't seen before. And that makes me very interested to know what, what the repercussions are going to be of what's going on. Well, I, so. I've never seen anything like that either, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. That, that's I'm working on another project right now. And the only reason why I've even bothered to make it was because I'm like, shit, there's nothing. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. I have to make it because then I'm the only one who has it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that, that's what we need. I mean, you know, variety. I don't want to read the same thing I've read a hundred times. I, 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 you know, I, I'll, I'll bring one other subject. Like Batman was going to marry Catwoman at one point. And at the last second, they turn from each other and fly off into the night in different directions. I was so disappointed because the one of the things in all my years of reading Batman that I haven't read is Batman being married. And I was like, I was kind of interested. That's going to be something different. I said, I'd like to see that. And instead, they didn't. And I was so like, gosh, I, I wouldn't mind have seen that. I mean, they could always get divorced later on, but we could see Batman married for a while. But see, your stuff now, you, you're going down a path that I'm, I'm really fascinated. You know, that you're, you're, you're going places I want to go. I want to see what happens in the in this direction that you're going because i just it's such a great such an opportunity to explore well a thing to keep in mind is that this i I kind of alluded to it earlier this is a universe we are only dropping into we have just we've just gone through the, the door but this is this is a world that's been going on for a while mm-hmm so all of these characters, we don't really know who they are besides what they tell us. So as this, and, and as the story goes on, we get to learn more and more and more about these characters. It's to the point where 
it's kind of just a, a reference to life. You, you'll meet someone in life, and you know they were they were somebody else years ago without you. You're you're only meeting them now, and the more you get to know them, the more you will learn of who they actually are. And and that's the sort of thinking I'm going with these characters. It, it, it is almost the concept of of the familiar stranger as of right now with how the book is standing. Uh, you'll you'll meet someone or you know someone but you don't really know who they are as a person. Right. As boy, as your book proves. <laughs> I mean, that is, you know, I, 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 I that in end of issue eight, I highly encourage people get to it, you know, read the book and get to issue eight and you'll know why I'm so, <laughs> I'm so enamored with the whole thing of it. It's just so many interesting things to do. So many great things. I'm so glad you're going down this road because I, 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 you know, I, I've always wondered about these kinds of things, and you're going to actually go somewhere in there. And so, for me, this is just this is just one of those books that I'm going to really look forward to. Speaking of which, okay, you've got issues up to eight done, and you said you're working on volume three already, right? Um, are is you know, given the circumstances, are are we don't know how things are going to proceed at this point? Uh, are there other issues that might come out through comicsology at this point, or have you done as much as you can at this point? How is uh, villain seeking hero going to proceed? I think, well, we're going to complete volume two and we already have two issues done for that. We're waiting on the third issue. And uh, I have to speak to action lab because I'm un- unsure what their, their plan is uh, right now in the, at the moment. Because we're either going to do what we did with the other issues where they, they drop them all at once, or perhaps they're going to be dropping them a weekly. Mm. Uh, but I have to speak to my editor for that. But uh, all I'm going to say is volume two, the, the collected title for that uh, is Friends, Family, and Other Problems. Uh, the, first, the first three issues, it, it, I, I've been nicknaming it the Friends part, uh, and the next three issues are the Family part. Mm-hmm. And that'll go into that. And then volume three, uh, I've just finished writing the scripts for that. And we plan on going uh, into art production uh, into that soon once I get the creative team all rounded up. Okay. Uh, if it, I'll give you a little peek into, into volume three. That, that, one, that one is called Man of the People. And that, that gets to expand sort of um, – what's, what's the word? Uh, like like ha, the the legendary status of, of super people in the limelight and how that affects people other people like civilians and, and stuff like that as well as their role in society and their role in their relationships so like celebrity yes okay okay all right so yeah see i'm given this universe it's going to be an interesting exploration of that Let's see how that's going to go so this is just so fascinating now of course if we want to keep up with your stuff how do we do that on social media? Is there, are there ways that we can follow you and, and your, your products? How do we do that? Well, the best way to find me uh, is probably on Instagram, where I'm just at Lewis Southard, just my name. And on Twitter, which is Lewis J. Southard, which has my middle initial. Right? Very clever. Um, and you did mention earlier I have a YouTube, but I, I don't really post too much on that. That's just superfluous. Uh, but, but just Google my name and you'll find me. Now, Southern is like Southern, except an N at the end, you've got a D, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, because I, I want people to be able to spell it. Some people... It's South um, and then A-R-D. 
Oh, ARD. Okay, so it's not Southern, it's ERN, Southern. So, okay, I'm glad you just pointed that out. It clarifies that up. That's good to do that. Now, you mentioned you have other projects. Are uh, Is there anything you can tell us about other things that you're working on? Uh, yeah, I planned on giving a hint uh, on my social media in a couple of days. So I, I'll do it here first. You get the first mm-hmm. hot scoop. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's a supernatural Western, almost a, a gothic Western uh, called Midnight Western Theater. And it centers around, uh, it's almost an anthology series. Each, each issue is a different story. Um, uh, but it's all centered around two characters, uh, a character known as the woman in black and her sidekick, uh, Alexander, the reluctant vampire, as they experience a very, uh, scary, sinister, heinous, uh, wild west during the, uh, duration of the 1860s. Oh wow, that'll be different. I mean, I, see, I love something I haven't seen before. I really do. I, I, you know, not that I don't mind. Let me tell you, I'm a big Don Johns guy, but I love other stuff too. So that, that's going to be great fun. I got to have to do that. Do you know if that's going to come out under Action Lab yet? Or I can't say anything just yet. Okay. All right. So again, follow us on social media to keep up with these good things and to find out news as it happens and stuff like that. So I, I hope this gets into print. I think people are going to enjoy this. Because it's a great, great book. It's it's oh, lots Villain of fun. City Hero? Yeah. Oh yeah, no that that'll come out it, just in a in a post apocalypse world. <laughs> yeah. See, I just I, I don't take anything for granted now. I, I don't know what's going to happen when stuff hits. Everybody says Diamond's got warehouses full of stuff, and I don't buy it. I don't until I until I see stuff. I don't tend to believe it. So the good news is I've seen the issues and I've read them, so I know they're there. All I got to do is get printed. Right. That, that's the, you've done the hard work. <laughs> so the, the good stuff, not people will get to get a hold of them. I just, I just want people to be able to get it and do that. So comicsology again, it's uh, tell me the title again, villain seeking hero. Yeah. And so it's up to issue number eight. You can get a trade as a collection of the first five and the, the other three are out there. Do you, uh, we don't know yet how they're going to proceed. So we have to keep an ear to the ground for that, but I, I'm dying to read. See, now you, 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 you've, You've got me hooked. <laughs> well, excellent. I've, I've got to know now. The, see, I want to see the panel after that last panel. That's I'm going like now what? So, but see that that's that to me is a good comic. That's when I have to have what's happening next. That tells me it's good stuff. So this book is to me. I tell you something. It, it's something I highly recommend. You can go to Comicsology right now and and, and get them. And get started on them. I think you're going to really enjoy them. And I think, Lewis, this is good stuff. I, I'm trying to see what else you're going to do because this is, this is such a fun book and such an enjoyable thing. I, I'm just anxious to see what else you've got in mind as well as what's coming here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I got I don't know. This is just very nice. This is my first ever uh, podcast interview. And oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just very—I don't know—I don't want to use the word heartwarming, but it's just very—it just—it just makes me feel very good right now. And I, I'm very happy you enjoy the story, and I hope other people will enjoy it. And I hope we will get to the places we want to get to, and it will all just be a wonderful, strange, and very fun uh, ride. And I hope we can all go on it together. And that's a wrap for this episode. Until next time, keep reading your comics.